What's going on, everybody? I'm back. That's right. I'm back kicking this thing off. This is a Full Tilt Dynasty podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. This is the Triple Play Fantasy Walkabout, Season 2, Episode 20, the heart of the offseason. We are a couple of months away still. It feels like there's an eternity between now and and the start of the season last week. I couldn't be here. We had some things. We've already got Andy over here in the chat. He says he's loving it. We're loving it. We're ready to kick off. Shout out. It's father's day. Shout out to everyone with dads. Shout out to everyone who is a dad. And for those like me who don't have them, uh, you know, your love too. You're welcome too. you know, it's, it's, it's all love from everyone. Of course, last week we had uh, uh, Lucas here fill in, admirably in the host chair but we are back on target we are here to do some nfc north uh we have green bay and detroit we're going to finish off the nfc north and we're going to get right back in uh to an afc we got dalton campbell holla or i guess that's ola maybe holla either way look but i am your host with the most thomas hands i am thomas thomas oh my god i am thomas double ff my fun fact of the day is that it took me under 20 minutes to mow my lawn today, which is a new personal record. Man, that is crazy impressive. Uh, my name is Lucas Gilbert. You can find me on Twitter at the cute hurts. And my fun fact of the day is since Thomas is Canadian, I decided to wear my sorry, no can do shirt, which is a type of nuclear reactor uh, that is from Canada, which in the States we say, sorry, no can do because us doesn't like to use them, but I thought it'd be fun to, have this one on here today so very obscure uh fact for your field uh, of work we got jamie over here what up what up to you jamie thanks for kicking it with us hope you're having a badass sunday of course it's training camp so there's i don't know whatever you want to call news not even training camp we're not even in training camp pre-training camp uh Mm -hmm. so there's a ton of stuff that likes to uh pretend it's news which actually ties in the next week. Next week, June 28th, we have Pat Dougherty. He's back on the Tuesday yeah. show, the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast flagship program. And we are actually doing a, is it a headline or is it not a headline? We're going to go back to Pat Dougherty's Roto days and uh, read out some headlines. And we're going to see if he can point out which ones are real, which ones are fake. Because that's just what kind of... <laughs> Stuff is happening right now. Everything, everything is news. Uh, Josh Jacobs, apparently not a bell cow in 2022, uh, the athletic uh, posted. And guess what? Uh, if you thought Josh Jacobs was going to be a bell cow under Mr. McDaniels, I think you are in for a bad time anyway. But this was just posted June 13th by Vic Taffer. And they're just basically saying that they're you know going to be using a little bit of a committee approach not surprising don't draft josh mm-hmm. jacobs i mean best ball is his adp is fine enough to have an advantage but he's just another dead zone running back that we want to avoid uh anything you want to add before we move on i don't i don't think there's much with josh jacobs not really i mean last time we saw josh mcdaniel in his head coaching role he had a first round running back on the denver broncos and no sean marino and we all know what disaster that was in his rookie season cratering his value he was also just not very good uh, a very good player yeah it took tim tebow revitalized that career yeah, no, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he was uh, he, he was just not very good. He was 26th against the stack front, 32nd, uh, you know, average defenders in the box for what he faced. Uh, his his 22 not his 22 
overall stuffed run rate is just not good. No. It, it, he's just an inefficient player, which who last year benefited from a career high 54 receptions. Do I think he's going to be the primary third down pass catcher if Kenya Drake is back? Who knows? Kenya Drake did suffer a fairly serious injury, mm-hmm. but he kind of prototypes to coach's eyes as being the third down guy. 54 receptions for Josh Jacobs feels not possible this year. Extremely optimistic. It's very optimistic, especially with we're going to talk about the Raiders uh, later in the offseason. But they've got kind of a big dog that commands a ton of targets. They have Renfro, who they re-signed. Waller's going to be back healthy. I don't know about this offense. With Josh Jacobs, last year of his contract, they kind of drafted a similar player who just happened to not go to Alabama. I still say the only reason Josh Jacobs was drafted as high is because he went to Alabama. I will I will stand on that opinion. Moving on, uh, let's see, Dalton here. He could be a lead back next year for a different team easily. I'm buying question is price. Well, the so I don't I don't mind that opinion, but let's look at his price. If we want to look at his price, I'm gonna pull yep. that up for you. I didn't expect Josh Jacobs rhetoric today. Uh, Josh Jacobs. We're going to pull that up. I right mean, there. He is being yeah. drafted as the 20th, 20.5 running back off the board. Uh, That's still Aaron, too high. Aaron Jones being drafted at 20.83. And A.J. Dillon is being drafted at 24. It Just, just an example, because we're going to use uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in our Green Bay Packers discussion, mm-hmm. obviously. I would rather have both of those two running backs on my dynasty teams than Josh Jacobs. Exactly. The best case scenario for Josh Jacobs is that he goes to a team where he could be a less explosive Ronald Jones. You'd be a one and two down back on a team, a real grinder type. Sure, maybe, but those are very replaceable players. I mean, you can have yeah. he can end up on a team and basically be Dante Foreman. He could end up on a team and be Oh my God, Jordan Howard. He could go and be Sony Michelle. It's he's just a very replaceable archetype of player. Not very explosive. Doesn't create a lot uh, on his own. Gets what's blocked. He only had, I believe, two or three runs over twenty yards last year. One of them was in Week eighteen. Uh, for his his season high, he's not an explosive runner. He does everything. Oh, he does most things well, but nothing that stands out. Best case scenario, probably a Melvin Gordon type contract, but I think Melvin Gordon's a better running back. So no one in their right mind is going to give him six million dollars a year. I don't to think come you and play can. Running back. I don't think you can. And for fantasy overall, he's been fine, but his points per game not great, and that's kind of what we care about yep. uh, the most when it comes to this. And 13, all of his good games come well, 13th with touchdowns. Points per game last year, twelfth in points per game in 2020 and 15th in points per game in his rookie season. But you're right. His, he has streaks of, of high touchdown games. Some people got hurt. Everything just kind of worked out for Josh Jacobs last year. And all signs are telling you that the Raiders aren't interested in bringing him back. And they didn't second, pick up his fifth year option. Exactly. And they drafted another guy. Now it's coming out that it's going to be a committee. I think it's going to take some more injuries and Josh Jacobs, and that whole offense absolutely exploding for Josh Jacobs to kind of bump his value. But if you're so, if you're buying Dalton, and of course the question is always at cost. What's the cost? What's the cost? His cost is too high for me. 
Because you're you're not gonna get him for you know a middling second round pick. There's no point in making that move, and you're not gonna trade a first round pick for him. His cost is two in between, and he's a blatant dead zone type player and someone that I want to avoid personally. I'd be very interested to know what you would consider a good cost for Josh Jacobs, uh, a running back, running back. Uh, 20 we'll go even go 20.5 is just way too high for me now again this isn't a best ball program best ball i at least at least i could see um with where he's going but not at this stage so dalton if you have a price or a recent trade let's put it up we can talk about it for sure it's all love here We, we we love the different opinions one last thing from i guess news uh if we want to go there well, we had Jamie, he's popping in here with one. Just started a Dynasty Superflex tight end premium draft. We love to hear that. Got Mahomes at 106. Then Brees Hall, ETN Fields, Metcalf, and Bateman. Uh, it, what about that start? I don't mind that start. Mahomes at 106 is fine. I'm assuming you took Brees Hall in the second. Do not love eat Like, uh, you have to excuse me if I'm assuming. I'm just going by where you listed. If ETN did not go in the fifth round, I don't like the etn pick fields is touchy i'm selling as much uh justin fields as i can because his path to being an elite player and i even saw on the bird app uh lucas that people are expecting jalen hurts type second year numbers and there is absolutely no way good runner not that kind of runner and i'm sorry but Velas Jones ain't doing it for me uh, <laughs> as a number two option. And Mooney's not doing it for me as a number one option. So Justin Fields is in, in a world of trouble in his mm-hmm. second year. And his retaining value, that, that high top 12 dynasty quarterback value, is it's going to be rough for him. Uh, I think he'll give you a couple of good weeks. But as your second quarterback, I mean, it's worth a shot. Yep. I'm I'm more the fade, right? Jamie, you should know that. I'll fade that second quarterback and just take a Derek Carr later. Uh, but I mean getting Metcalf, I think, is is a very good good option. His team's quarterback's not gonna suck forever. He's obviously a really good player. And Bateman mm-hmm. uh, has a shot at a breakout. I don't mind the start. You pick two players there that I would have waited on, but hey, everyone has a little bit uh different uh, approaches on starts. Yep. And then Dalton did get back to us. I traded Schultz for a two and a two for Jacobs on a QB needed team, 12 team super flex. See, I would, I think I'd rather have Schultz and, and that second round pick. Cause I think you'd be able to draft a running back like Jacobs in this. You can just go get a Pierce or something like that for cheaper. Uh, if it, I'm assuming this is a PPR format cause this is yep. a super flex PPR type program and Schultz should at least have a shot at scoring as much as Jacob. So even as like a flex, if you're an RB needy team targets for me, uh, Dalton are, and every league is different. Knowing your league is something we say on this show constantly. You need to know your league. That's the most important thing. JD McKissick. He's a good target. I like targeting JD McKissick. He is cheap and he has standalone value. No, no questions there. I would also much rather go and get again, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon pay that price. Cause I bet second and a plus for Aaron Jones is probably relatively where he's going right now. 
That's what I've seen him be going for personally in, in you know, some pretty sharp leagues, some pretty sharp folks. Aaron Jones mm-hmm. is definitely a buy. Um, I always also suggest not reaching for need. I think that's important to remember. You can get those running backs in season. There's going to be a couple of guys off the waiver wire. Go and get TDP right in San Francisco. He's another cheap option. Uh, Pierce, Algier, all these guys are probably going to be able to produce at Jacobs level this Mm -hmm. season. Because again, I just don't predict uh, Jacobs doing it. That's enough Josh Jacobs talk for for today. Oh my Lord. <laughs> like eight minutes of Josh Jacobs. Didn't see that coming today, but we're happy. Happy everyone's tuning in with us. It's a hot start. Good start. Let's talk about Desmond Ritter. Cause apparently the Desmond Ritter camp is not uh, playing around. Desmond Ritter ready. getting buzz already in camp. Uh, this is from the Falcoholic uh, Falcons mini camp reports. Yeah, that's right. Right down, right down the reports. Picking up offense center competition is a hot one. So obviously, this is a Atlanta Falcons uh, centered article. But I like this because Desmond Ritter. I I don't care for um, Marcus Mariota. I've never cared for Marcus Mariota. I've not I've not ever been in the Marcus Mariota camp. It's not a camp that I like to roast my marshmallows at. But Desmond Ritter, however, late second round pick in Superflex startups could be netting you a starter. Obviously, he was our QB2 immediately after he ran his 40. We mm-hmm. love the athleticism. He's accurate enough. I'm going to say the Falcons are probably starting Desmond Ritter at week five, um, depending on where their buy is. I'm going to look That's what I'm up while I. Okay, you look that up. Yeah. We have the same idea. Uh, oh, week 14. That's gross. Yes. Ritter's obviously going to be playing before week 14. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to stick with week five. You can book this. Desmond Ritter is going to be the starting quarterback by week five because the Atlanta Falcons are probably going to be one and four if they even get a win. The one win is generous. Generous? <laughs> generous. Jesus Christ. Generous. <laughs> oh, my Atlanta. I can't speak oh. today. That's a good day. Uh, We're having fun today. I don't know if I'm mega concerned for Kyle Pitts. Obviously I'm concerned for Kyle Pitts this year. Uh, not mega concerned, but I like this for Ritter. I think again, the late, the late QB strategy in Superflex is, is viable. You can pick up Mariota and Ritter in startups for fairly cheap. And either way, you're going to have a starter and yeah, double Ritter digit rounds easy, easily. And you should be getting a starter for two years with Ritter. Cause I think where they drafted him, I think Ritter's got the first year and as long as they're smart and they don't reach for a quarterback in the next draft. Cause again, the 2024 draft class is where it at for quarterbacks. I don't think it's actually the 2023 class. I think there's one guy in that Stroud in the 2023 draft class that I'm actually excited about because young, if you go by his college listing and we all know they lie their asses off at college heights yeah. and weights, they lie constantly if he is actually six foot what is he six foot 195 i think was on the alabama oh bryce young uh, yeah website uh that means he's actually like five ten and a half a buck 89 (laughs) a buck 88 and i get size is changing for the nfl you're not playing quarterback at the nfl at that size if you don't run like kyler murray throw like kyler murray and i don't think young does 
So this quarterback class, obviously with Levis, I'm not excited about it. So that, nope. to me, if the NFL learned from this year's draft class, means uh, 2024 is where it's going to be, and that's two and a half, two and a half plus years of Ritter as your starting quarterback real cheap. So I like hearing all this camp talk. Obviously, camp talk is brutal. You don't want to listen in too much. But if there is news, you want it to be positive news, so long as it's not about what kind of shape they're in. Uh, no news is bad news. Good news is great news. Yep. And uh, obviously, bad news, you ignore it if it doesn't fit your narrative. So mm-hmm. that's what we say on this show all the time. Anything last before we move on here, Lucas, to the next uh, little bit? I mean, with Ritter coming out, everybody compared him to Marcus Mario. I think that's who Player Profiler has on uh, their screen wherever you look up his college stats. So, mm-hmm. And he's a fifth-year senior coming out. I mean, this is what you expect. You expect a more experienced, smart quarterback to be coming in, picking up the playbook. And it, yeah, I, it's good that he's living up to expectations thus far. And, I mean... I, I wouldn't want him as a quarterback too, but coming in as your quarterback three, if that's the third quarterback you draft, that's perfectly fine. I'm very happy living with that. Yep, absolutely. Again, I, I live and die by taking uh, quarterbacks late in drafts, and I'll continue to do so. Got Ritter in the 13th. See, Andy here is playing with, uh, with house money, easy money. I think you can uh, draft Jameis after that, though. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jameis is my third or fourth most rostered quarterback in in uh, dynasty right now mm-hmm. i love him uh well, look we're gonna take a quick sec we're gonna take a break when we come back we're gonna get into let's kick off with uh the green bay packers when we come back lucas shout out oh. to billy surprise this isn't the show that billy is on uh he had to endure <laughs> the baltimore Ravens show with me the poor guy but mm-hmm. um we're gonna approach this uh with objectivity and some vigor and with the fewest amount of Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend jokes as possible. We swear. <laughs> Sit tight. We're going to be right back. Here's a clip from our show with JJ Zacharyson, who I cannot believe we had uh, on the show a couple weeks ago. Unbelievable. I approach my work from the standpoint of like answering questions, right? Hmm. So I'll ask a question. I'll go research that, that question, try to find an answer. Sometimes I don't find an answer. And I, I think a lot of times that you know there are people within the space who – go search that answer. They don't find an answer, but they just spend a lot of time trying to find that answer. So they just kind of force it. Right. And they just create these, Mm -hmm. these narratives and build these studies around something Mm -hmm. where there's not really an answer, but they just did so much work that they feel like they need to publish something. Um, And so, you know, I, I think that, that you have to feel okay, you know, with spending time trying to discover something and it not being anything Uh, it's happened. You know, it happens all the time to me. Um, So just use that curiosity and try to answer those questions. Yeah, you should never feel pressured to put something out if your study didn't go the way you thought it would. Find a way to use the data um, in a way that helps you. But as JJ mentioned, do not force yourself to put something out just because you worked hard on it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just it's just how it falls. I've had that happen myself. I think I'm going to write this article because I, this is what I believe, and then. Two days, three days in, I go, oh, my God, I was so horrifically wrong. And then you you can turn it around that way mm-hmm. and have that help you. But, Lucas, let's fire this in. We're, we're going to get this tough. This is the hard yakka 
Uh, this is the the work that you put in the the meticulous day after day grind uh, that needs to be put in, and we're here to help you with that. The Green Bay Packers from last season, obviously Aaron Rodgers, fantastic season, did his thing once again. Another MVP. There's somebody missing, uh, and that somebody's very important because. The Green Bay Packers targeted their wide receivers 64% of the time. 364 of their passing attempts went to wide receivers. And obviously, Devontae Adams had 169 of them. Unbelievable. Alan Lazard had 60. Tanyan, who had his season cut short, I believe, 29. And then, of course, uh, Aaron Jones, 65 targets, and A.J. Dillon, a very surprising 37 targets. So, mm-hmm. um, just kind of unbelievable. You hear it down at the uh, bottom of the screen. Packers pass a game loses 2,807 air yards. 62% of their air yards are By gone. far the most in the league. 100% it is. And they have 248 targets vacated uh, inside the 10 to 18, 36%. This is not a little bit. This is a lot no. that they are losing with, um, oh my gosh, Devontae Adams. Shipping out to Oakland. That's the kind of player Oakland is getting. If you're wondering why I'm so hesitant on the targets to the running backs out there. But Aaron Jones in his career has been very good as a pass catcher. He's kind of, in my opinion, the de facto wide receiver one on this team right now. He has to be. Uh, he had a 12.9% target share. You absolutely love to see that. His fantasy points per game at 15.3. It's good for 11th. Just phenomenal. And his PFF grade at uh, 82.8. Fantastic player. Phenomenal player. And we talked about the ADP of these players, right? And they're coming close. Now, on our show with JJ Zacharyson, if you're listening to JJ Zacharyson's late round QB show, quarterbacks taken in the middle rounds. Uh, sorry, running backs taken in the middle rounds that there's clearly a one and clearly a two. The one absolutely smashes ADP and expectation statistically. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Jones is being drafted at, we'll call it 21. AJ Dillon is the 24th running back off the board. In 2022, I fully expect Aaron Jones to absolutely crush, maybe not as much on the ground, he had 799 rushing yards last year, but he had 391 receiving yards last year. And that's low in my opinion. That's that's very low. But it what still matches me, up with his target share as running yes. backs. AJ Dillon pulled in 313 receiving yards, though, and that 60-ish yards is it's kind of substantial. Mm-hmm. But and the red zone touches damn near equal 47 and 46. Fantasy points, though, fantasy points per game, Aaron Jones, 15.3. A.J. Dillon, 10.9. Expected, Aaron Jones hit his, 15.6. A.J. Dillon uh, overachieved by a full point. So, obviously, they used these two backs last year very in very similar fashions, which is kind of surprising, a little bit surprising to me. However, this year is going to be completely different. I think when you look, the Green Bay Packers are a team that when you look at their 2021 season, their 2022 season is not going to mirror it at all. Completely is, new. Obviously, they drafted 
Christian Watson, who I am still horrendously low on because I don't think he can play wide receiver at the next level. He could barely play wide receiver at NDSU. But there is hype here on the Bird app. (laughs) Alan Lazard has an outside shot of finishing as the wide receiver one overall. And I've seen the tweets. Um, shout out to Dave Kluge, friend of the show, mentor. Um, I don't think he was the one that posted that one, but he is on the Alan Lazard bandwagon. I can't get behind it. No. Um, Aaron Jones scored a higher PFF receiving grade than Alan Lazard. Yeah. Just, I, just I, to throw that out there. I can't. I can't get behind Alan Lazard, but he is still relatively cheap. So Alan Lazard is currently being drafted as the 66th wide receiver off the board, according to dynastyleaguefootball.com. I think that's worthy of a shot, but the expectations, man, uh, people are really putting in a lot of hype for a guy who sees 60 targets last year, 40 receptions, 513 yards, only had 11.2 in the target chair, only had 10 deep targets, did have 16 red zone targets. That matters to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers likes you around the red zone, you're pr- we're probably going to see an uptick in that number uh, for sure. But honestly, but how much can we see it go up? Well, I mean, for a part, he was a part-time player, but really like... They have 28 red zone targets gone this year. I know, but Devontae <laughs> Adams commanded so many of those cause he's an elite talent and as much as we sure. all like alan lazard he is not an elite talent understand i totally get that conversation mm-hmm. however aaron Rodgers is an elite talent and elite talent quarterbacks can make middling trash can wide receivers viable weapons in the red zone okay aaron Rodgers. if aaron Rodgers decides you know what not Tanyan. I think Aaron Jones is going to see a huge uptick in red zone targets. Yeah. But when it comes to just playing a wide receiver, they're going to need someone to run those slants, the fades. Aaron Rodgers is very much known to just trust his guys. Uh, I think Alan Lazard is trusted on that outside. Randall Cobb, very interesting option around the red mm-hmm. zone. Going to play the slot role. Devontae Adams just ate up de- defenses in the slot role. So we'll see how it shifts again, this whole offense is going to be so different. That's kind of why I want the running backs. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, you all were talking about the Ravens and having no idea how to stat out targets for them. Yes. The Packers, in my opinion, are even worse. It's it's so hard because you can say that one, they were missing so many targets and two, Aaron Rodgers probably won't throw as many passes this year as he did last year, but 131 attempts. Mm-hmm. And then the the fantasy footballers they always talk about whenever you lose a large chunk of targets from the wide receiver position you see the running back position go up. I mean, Aaron Jones is already the number tenth uh, most targeted running back in the league, and he spent twenty one percent of his time already playing from a wide receiver position, either in the slot or out wide. How much more can he actually see? Like I don't expect. For the Packers to be like the Chargers whenever Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler were there and just absolutely crushing people's souls. But, I mean, 
that I think is a best case scenario. I would love it if that happened because then you get right. two extremely relevant fantasy options, both going after the running back. Or I think uh, in redraft, Aaron Jones is in the running back dead zone. You can still get AJ Dillon later, but in dynasty. I have no problem rostering them both. I expect both of them to be extremely viable assets this year, both producing double-digit points every single week. And then, I mean, Aaron Jones, he's already been usurped by A.J. Dillon in terms of carries, but I his targets have nowhere to go but up, and it's really just how much of a cap are we putting on it. Well, I think 75, 80 targets for Aaron Jones is what I'm expecting this year. I obviously don't do projections. I'm not a projection guy. Uh, I I know people have that down to uh, legit science. Coach Bruce is out there throwing projections up. He's pretty good. Uh, OG Dave uh, on the Bird app is a big projections guy. I don't have that in me to do. But we can easily look at his targets and what's gone and think 80 targets for a healthy Aaron Jones is money. And over the course of history and fantasy, running backs who get 80 targets do really well for your free fantasy teams. Yeah, we'll talk about another one later with the Lions. Yeah, we're going to talk about one on the Lions who I am way out on. But that's besides the point. I'm going to talk about that now. You're right, and the tight end position is a joke on this team. Uh, People believe that Bobby Tunyon is the truth. He had the one year, I believe it was two years ago, he put up a ton of touchdowns mm-hmm. and was an absolute joke of a fantasy asset. I'm not looking at the tight end position for them to be the difference maker. So then it really does become uh, who, who do the, the Green Bay Packers on their roster right now at wide receiver, Alan Lazard, yep. Christian Watson, Dobbs. We haven't even talked about Dobbs yet, but he's probably my favorite player to draft on their team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also the latest one going right now, aside from Watkins, who's just dead right. to all of us. Sammy Watkins, who put up good numbers in the games he played in Baltimore in the beginning of the year. Then he got hurt and did his uh, lizard thing and <laughs> disappeared on us. That Miami game, I'll never forgive him for giving up on that, that target in the red zone, but that's the point. There's nothing here for me that gets me excited about the receiving core. And I don't like pylon quarterbacks. I was already out on Aaron Rodgers. I've missed out on multiple MVPs because of that process, but he was the eighth in points per game last year. I don't see that happening again. He, uh, he achieved above his expected expected. He would have been 12th at 18.4 huge difference for me because Kirk cousins was knocking on his door and Kirk cousins is going much, much later. Uh, give me some quarterbacks in that range, Lucas, that you're comfortable taking ahead of a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Cause like you said, mm-hmm. the green Bay Packers in 2022 are going to be nearly impossible, impossible to predict how it works. We all assume that it's just going to work because LaFleur has been a decent enough coach. He's definitely not a fake sharp Cliff Kingsbury uh, or Kyle Shanahan. And they've, they've missing the most targets gone from their rosters. Any other team, as you mentioned, I, there's so many quarterbacks I'd rather have than Aaron Rodgers moving forward. Dynasty redraft, however you want to shake it. Um, Give me a couple before we move on here. Uh, but this Green Bay Packers team is an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. 
Well, first one that comes to my mind is Derek Carr, and then quickly follow. I mean, I don't think that this is too hot of a take saying Matthew Stafford because he probably should already be above Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, his his ceiling's capped in terms of number of fantasy points he's going to get you. He's not near as mobile as he used to be. He just lost arguably the best wide receiver in the entire league. And there's so much ambiguity in where all of his targets are going to go. And he has an extreme lack of trusted pass catching options. I mean, where he's going right now. And uh, do you have his ADP data? But like if if you're drafting him to be quarterback eight, which he was last year, you're already drafting at his ceiling. There's in my opinion, there's no way that he can go above that. And in his expected fantasy points per game, he was 12th in the league. And to me, that's that is a absolute best case scenario. I don't see that happening again because he can't be near as efficient around the red zone as or around the end zone as he was last year with an elite talent like Devontae Adams. That's why I'm buying him much more into Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. All right. Tell me where you would stop. I'm looking at okay. Dynasty, this is Dynasty League football. Their Dynasty QB rankings. All right. So they have uh, QB 11. We'll start uh, Deshaun Watson. QB 12, Jalen Hurts, 13, Justin Fields, 14, Aaron Rodgers, and then 15, Stafford, then Tua, then Carr, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, Kenny Pickett. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, Tua, I'm surprised Tua is that high. I know you are you like Tua a lot better. I, I do definitely feel like his ceiling's cap, but you do have a longer, like many more years that you can have him. If you're buying Tua's weapons, you should be buying Tua. That's just that there's no way. If you're buying in on Jalen Waddle and you're buying in on Tyree Kill, you need to be buying in on Tua. I don't see mm-hmm. how you could not. And Justin Fields scares me, but he should also have he has a much higher ceiling than Aaron Rodgers does. Sure. And, and Jacob talks all the time. Yeah. And Jacob talks all the time about buying into uh, higher volatility but higher upsides. You want a very wide range of scoring outcomes. And there's definitely a high chance that we live in a world where Justin Fields can score a lot more fantasy points for you next year than uh Aaron Rodgers. I think I'd rather have Rodgers over Zach Wilson. I think I, that's one yeah. on this list. Uh, but I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. I'd rather have Tom Brady. I'd rather have Mac Jones. I'd rather have Derek Carr. I'd rather have Tua. I'd rather have Stafford. Um, arguments can be made that I would rather have uh, Baker Mayfield plus. I would rather have uh, Desmond Ritter plus plus. Oh, Desmond Ritter plus plus. Easy. All really, day absolutely all day Aaron Rodgers cost for what is likely to happen to Green Bay I think is too high it's too high it's for mm-hmm. sure too high and shout out to the Dynasty League football and all the people that do the rankings 13 to me is too high we have to take into account that not only is Adams gone mm-hmm. their receiving core is one of the worst in the NFL the entire league even if even if you believe Christian Watson, Christian Watson is going to be the, the wide receiver one out of this draft class throughout his career. Maybe, maybe he could be I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying that it's definitely not probable. I don't think there's any way the guy could barely play receiver at NDSU. It took him uh, five years to get to the point to where he could dominate that sort of competition. A couple and then he didn't drops. dominate it that much. 
uh, some watching him play at NDSU hurt me. So a couple of drops, you drop a couple Aaron Rodgers passes in the red zone in a close game. You can sit down, you can take a seat and you're going to be sitting for a while. Uh, looking at Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of years, eighth in points per game, fourth in points per game, 14th in points per game, 10th. Uh, then he only played seven games in 2017. The number one, 11, two, three, three, one, two, one, two. He's a phenomenal fantasy option. He's 38 years old with the worst receiving core he's ever had. He does not even have a James Jones level receiver <laughs> on his team this year. He doesn't. There's no Jordy Nelson. There's no James Jones. There's no. Devonte Adams. There's no. I hear another Alan Lazard comparison to Jordy Nelson. I can't. Oh, it's I it's can't. So gross to hear. It's. I want to see it. Disgusting. I, I want to see it happen because the NFL. I love those stories and those narratives. But if you're presuming Aaron Rodgers is going to give you back that value this year because he's done it in the past, I think that you're you're on the wrong path in my opinion. So looking into 2022, what are we expecting? Let's just close it out. Final thoughts here. This has been very surprising to me as we talk through the green Bay Packers, what we think is going to happen next year. I think you're right that they're the worst team to possibly project. There are so many narratives and we're just expecting 38 year old Aaron Rodgers. To, I don't, I don't even have the right words for it, but to go above and beyond what he's already done in his career, I think a QB 13 in points per game finish would be equal to his QB two finishes and in, in how impressive it is because he's got, again, Sammy Watkins, Christian, Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dobbs, Randall freaking Cobb, old Randall Cobb, like it, there's just an Amari and, Rogers. Um, oh, don't. I'm not even counting him. He's so bad. He's so bad. Uh, and the sad and then, thing is, is I like Amari Rogers' college tape a lot more than Christian Watson's. We have because on the college tape, you can't see how fast uh, Aaron uh, Amari Rogers doesn't run. <laughs> so once you found out how unathletic that man is, this can't believe they have him returning kicks. But alas, possibly the worst receiving core in the NFL. He doesn't have the standout tight end to make up for it. Mm-hmm. Means I love Aaron Jones because we expect the offense to still do well. We love Aaron Jones. We love AJ Dillon, especially at their cost. Final thoughts for the 2022 Green Bay Packers and what you expect moving forward. Uh, I actually have a question for you on them, and it's: Would you rather take the Bears wide receivers or the Packers wide receivers this year? Oh my God! And you don't yeah, get it, you don't get the quarterback too. You don't get the quarterback, just the wide receivers, because Darnell Mooney is the best of the bunch that you've listed, and that's scary. Vacuum, yeah, I would take Green Bay at cost because I don't think Mooney is worth his price tag. I think Fair. Alan Lazard could do what Mooney will do this year way cheaper than where Mooney is going. I'll actually take the Green Bay Packers at cost. Fair enough. So, final thoughts: twenty twenty two Green Bay Packers. 
Uh, buying Aaron Jones, buying AJ Dillon, any place that I can possibly get them and the rest of them are dead to me because I am not going to pay the 110 in rookie drafts for Christian Watson. Uh, Alan Lazard, people are already charging what they think he's going to do this year compared to what he's actually going to do this year. And then Tanyan, I'm not taking the touchdown risk unless I'm in best ball. If I can stack Aaron Rodgers and Robert Tanyan in best ball, because Tanyan's going pretty much for free, I'll take that, but there's nothing else I really want. I agree. Uh, I'm I'm currently not willing to spend a 23-1 on A.J. Dillon. However, if you have not done your rookie drafts yet, if you can go out there from picks 109 through 112 and go and acquire you some A.J. Dillon, even possibly some Aaron Jones, I will actually say to go and do that because I just think that they can be difference makers for their team. Other than that, Alan Lazard at cost I think is fine. Aaron Rodgers at the at the 13th or 14th QB overall I think is not great. I don't like that at all. And we don't know if he's just going to decide to up and bounce at any time. He's conceded enough. He signed an extension. That means nothing to me. Um, my expectations and final thoughts on the Green Bay Packers for 2022 is buckle up and get ready because uh, it's going to be <laughs> Poor painful. Billy. In Poor my opinion, Billy. you're right. Poor Billy. I think the Jordan Love um, pick is going to haunt them for a long time. Uh, even possibly the A.J. Dillon pick could haunt them for a long time. Remember, that was first and second round picks. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Especially since uh, they re-signed Aaron Jones. So, If anyone gets hurt on this team, it's over. It's over. Uh, very dangerous. Tight end targets, I think, could end up going up a little bit. They're at 17.4% overall. I'm expecting that number to go up out of necessity, but mm. the number that I expect to stand out at the end of 2022 is the RB targets. From 18.6%, I expect this number to hit 25% next year. Easy. You Easy. can book that in. That's money. 25% of the targets are going to running backs next year. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon will both finish inside the top 18, and I believe Aaron Jones will finish as a top 12 running back next season. Going by. Going by. That's the Green Bay Packers from 2021. When we come back, we are going to do the Detroit Lions, and as much as you might think that's going to be very easy to do, I learned quite a bit about the Detroit Lions during this process. So sit tight with that. We're going to play a clip. Look, these are the most popular clips from the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast YouTube page, which you guys have been showing out to at a huge rate. Um, what up, what up, what up? NBA rigged. Uh, what up? Uh, we appreciate you uh, sitting here chilling with us. Uh, and that's on YouTube. And like I said, the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast YouTube page, we've finally put some work into it. Thanks to Lucas over here taking control of the socials. It's popping. Uh, big time over the last two weeks. Shout out to you, 150 subscribers. We are on our way. Sit so if you're enjoying the show today, make sure you head over there, go subscribe. And of course, this show is also on the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube page. You should be going there and subscribing. We are almost at 2,100 subs over there. I uh, can't can't wait to hit the next. Um, oh my god, the next. Oh my gosh, I can't even think of the word. The next. Uh, level tier yeah there you go there it is oh my god i completely blanked there for a second oh my lord but sit tight when we come back we're gonna do the detroit 
Lions. I think he's the right age. I think the offense could crumble around him, and he's still relevant because he still stands out as a target. And if there's going to be a tight end or a red zone opportunity, uh, sorry, an end zone or, or a red zone opportunity, you're going to notice the giant guy wearing 85 who's massive and can take the ball at the top above everyone else. So, um, And he's got better hands than Evan Ingram. So if you liked Ingram in previous years, go and pay the same price for Njoku because I think you're going to enjoy at least watching him more so than him dominating and becoming the tight end one. I think he's going to be very serviceable and very usable if you're a guy like me who doesn't like paying for tight ends. Yeah, David Njoku is definitely a buy on that team. I've been saying it... um, like I have been saying it for at least two years now that you should be buying in Joku and it's finally come to fruition uh, as a, as a cheap, cheap tight end uh, lover in dynasty, getting him where he, you were, you're not going to get him for as cheap, but he's still fairly cheap. Um, what up Luke is glad to chat football with both of you knowledgeable folks. I don't know uh, how knowledgeable we're going to find out though. <laughs> I learned a lot with the Detroit lions. And one thing I learned with the Detroit lions is there are players that can help you win. And that's one thing we love doing in our fantasy leagues. And right now you can go and set yourself up. You and your league up with a beautiful trophy championship belt, championship ring, however you want to, you know, put the, the peak, Glory for your dynasty league. You can go over to trophysmack.com. Go put a trophy. Go put a championship belt. They've even got the bling and necklaces. They got everything over there at Trophy Smack. They're absolutely lighting it up right now. You can go to trophysmack.com, put the belt, put the trophy in your cart, add a ring, $60 value. Use promo code TIPPLE, T-I-P-P-L-E. That is nipple with a T into the promo code, and you get that ring for free. Jazz up your dynasty leagues. Make it really worth the grind. Don't just get the pat on the back. You get a little check or cash or I said check. I am old as shit. Uh, you get the 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 e-transfers with all the money when people actually pay up. But get that trophy. I tell you, the first Dynasty League I ever played in, I won the first year. And that trophy... It, I was proud. I carried that thing everywhere. At every gathering with their friends, the slow pitch team will uh, play it on together. It, it was front and center. It really makes a huge difference. Go to trophysmack.com right now. Get yourself that free ring. Get yourself a real trophy, a real belt, top tier. Use promo code TIPPLE. Get that ring for free. Lucas, the Detroit Lions. Uh, I got to tell you, Jared Goff wasn't as bad as people thought he was. I think Jared Goff did very well last year, considering he was, again, free. 13th best true passer rating. That's pretty good. Uh, passer rating from PFF, 62.2. Less good. Fantasy points of 14.5. He was a legitimate QB2. This is what we want. Free QB2s. Uh, we have a question here. Are you guys projecting higher or lower rushing yards for Aaron Jones? If lower, how can he achieve top 12 this year? Uh, will he have more touch share than last year? The thing with Aaron Jones, uh, going back to the, the Green Bay conversation, is even if he has fewer carries, we want fewer carries for Aaron Jones. We want more carries in the red zone. That would be nice. Aaron Jones being used on the ground is not where I think he is going to succeed. His targets is where he's going to succeed. And again, the Green Bay Packers have lost the most targets, if I'm not mistaken. 46%. In, 
46% of their targets. That's and again, they didn't add anyone that stands out to the offense. So that leaves Aaron Jones, who already had uh, 14% of his snaps out wide and 7% of his sl- uh, snaps in the slot. Those numbers should go up. He's yeah. kind of, in my opinion, their de facto wide receiver one for at least the start of the year. His path to fantasy success is in his targets. 65 targets last year, as I said. Uh, how many targets and receiving yards are you projecting for Aaron this year? I'm not a giant projections guy throughout the season, mm-hmm. but if just doing quick math in my head, and if I truly expect the running back targets to go from 18.6%, like they were in 2021 to 25 and up to running backs in 2022, I think 80 to 90 targets for Aaron Jones is what I am expecting. Now he holds in 60 passes. He gets eight or nine touchdowns. I think you're having yourself a fantastic top 12 points per game season in the NFL. And we're going swift or Aaron Jones who will have more receiving yards. Uh, That is a beautiful segue Seg, Oh my gosh. Today with the speaking, it's difficult (laughs) swift or Aaron Jones who will have more receiving yards. Aaron Jones. Uh, I believe Aaron Jones will have more receiving yards. I think you'll have more receptions, which I'm going to break down right now. DeAndre Swift at cost, not something that I am buying into. And I'll tell you why. As we talk about the Detroit Lions, DeAndre Swift, he looked like he was going to just absolutely blow up the league at the start of the year. 78 targets, good for fourth in the NFL, 617 rushing yards. He had 452 receiving yards. You love to see that. 18.4% target share. That is outrageous. Like it's so freaking good. Um, evaded tackles, 18, 16th in juke rate. Did not create a lot at the line of scrimmage. He was not efficient with the ball in his hands, but he did have the eighth best fantasy points per game at 16.1, above his expected at 15.7 but only a 61.3 pro football focus rushing grade. That worries me on a team that, um, oh man, it worries me that on a team that is not that high scoring mm-hmm. and has added a lot of weapons and have a lot of guys about to be healthy, I possibly in a lot closer games, I don't, I don't think he's going to replicate his targets. I know Jared Goff loves throwing to running backs. I get that. TJ Hawkinson, healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown, established. Jameson Williams, going to be here uh, at some point this season. DJ Chark, sure. Not that great. Good enough to get a $10 million contract. Good enough to eat up targets from Jared Goff. At 494 passing attempts, unless you're expecting to again throw 500 times, I'm not. Um... (laughs) Plus health concerns with DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. I don't see him re- replicating at cost his value. I really so, don't. I think he's going to score more fantasy points this year because I am thinking that he'll play at least one more game, if not a couple more games this year than he has in the past. But I think his fantasy points per game are going to go down. So while his overall numbers might start going up, it's just I think he's going to be less efficient. The Lions did not lose any hard of to be, their hard to be less efficient than he was last year. <laughs> hey, there's Najee levels, so we can still get yeah. down there. But five hundred and seventy-five thousand touches. So, <laughs> yeah, 
But so I think that his per touch numbers are going to go down because I think that he is a fantastic athlete who just happens to be at the running back position and doesn't play it very well. Because whenever we had the graphic up there, we saw that he does create a lot of yards per touch, 4.08. Put him in space, let him do his thing. But if they are going to be using him out of the backfield, it's not going to be going well, especially if their usage goes up. And I don't see how many more targets he can get out if they split him out wide because you have Amon Ross St. Brown, who was used primarily out of the slot and was really freaking good at an I or an 80 uh, PFF grade. And then you have TJ Hawkinson, who we'll talk about. We have mixed uh, mixed views on how good of a player he actually is. Plus, Jamison Williams getting healthy at some point in time this year. And DJ Chark is, what, two years removed from being a top 12 wide receiver on the outside? I mean, there's a lot of competition, and I think that Swift might end up being the odd man out whenever it comes to who's going to get the most valuable touches. I agree, and uh, we have, again, NBA rigged. My bad, 65 targets last year, jumping to 80 to 90. That may sound very hot takey, but if you're going from 65 targets, that's only 15 more targets to Aaron Jones. That's one more per game. That's right. And then, I mean, getting to 90 is not that far outside when you're you're thinking that they've lost 46% of their targets, and Aaron Jones is the best pass catcher that they have on their team. That's why I'm thinking that way. Looking at him, if you like Swift at his targets last year, I'm expecting that, but in a better offense with a better quarterback Uh, that actually needs him to win games to catch those balls. It's kind of narrative driven, but I don't see any other way Aaron Jones and the Packers can operate. They they need it from him. I think they really do. Mm -hmm. Back to DeAndre Swift. We love pass catcher running backs. DeAndre Swift was in contention for the running back one overall. And last year he had, he was on his, kind of on his way, Mm -hmm. but he still fell short. And part of that is his red zone touches. 27 red zone touches last year, only four on the goal line. Uh, That's not what you want to see. 5'8", 212 pounds, according to Player Profiler. He's a small guy. And I don't believe that there's a prototypical size for... um, I don't think there's a prototypical size for uh, running backs at the goal line. I think that's kind of a myth. Austin Eckler last year had a phenomenal year at the goal line. He's not necessarily a goal line back. Mm -hmm. But you'd still like to see a few more touchdowns scored, and I don't know if the Lions are actually going to be able to put up a ton of points next year again jared goff does limit them Mm -hmm. he's gonna need the touchdowns to finish as the number one overall he's currently going as the second and third or third running back off of the board that's too high for me deandre swift i said this on our show deandre swift is in real contention of falling out of the top 24 overall in dynasty with the running backs coming in next year with this year's crop uh possibly taking more steps forward. I think the hype of DeAndre Swift needing to be the running back one, running back two, running back three overall. I think if he has another running back eight, running back nine, running back 10 finish, his value is going to tumble. He's going to be past the 24 heading into his age 25 season. It's not great for him. And he doesn't Um, have a fifth year option available to him. 
Correct. This very well could be, I think he's going in his third season. We could be going into drafts next year going, oh, he has one year left on his contract for a team that is hitting a reset and doesn't need to be spending money on an inefficient yet athletic running back. They Correct. have Jamal Williams, who they have shown that it's they trust. Scary. Yeah. It's it's scary for them and, and how it's looking at it. And again, we're talking about Aaron Jones still. There's two running backs with 90 targets last year, Najee and Eckler. I agree. And those two guys won you leagues. That's what I'm saying that Aaron Jones can be if he hits those targets. That's why I'm buying him at the 20th running back off the board. Easy. 21st running back off the board. Would you uh, trade Swift for Jones plus and what would that plus be? I will always so every every question where someone says would I trade someone for someone plus, the chances are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I but think what does that plus have to be? Uh at least you I mean you're at least looking at a first. Mm-hmm. You're at least looking at a first. Um so look. I don't uh NBA says he doesn't trust the PFF rating. <laughs> Look, uh we're not we're not hundred percent touting and we had Austin Gale, formerly the Pro Football Focus content coordinator on the show with us. Uh I believe it was a month or so ago, uh, two months ago. And even he said you shouldn't be looking at the PFF grade as a how how would I say the staple, the number one thing to look at, mm-hmm. but it should be added into everything as a whole. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we have a clip circulating that says it's just another data point. And that's what correct. we love, or at least some of us who aren't the biggest whenever it comes to watching film or don't know how to understand that film as well as other people who've played the game have a lot more experience than us. We look at all of these data points and this is another data point to where whenever we have an off-injured running back who shows that he's not incredibly efficient with his touches. And then PFF comes out and says, he actually isn't playing that well. We can see that he's a great athlete, but he doesn't play the position of running back that well. It makes for somebody who's going as the RB two or three in dynasty off the board, make somebody who's going that high, not somebody that you really want to hit your wagon to for a long time. And I much rather wait and take somebody like Travis Etienne, who's going three or four rounds after him, and go that route. I don't know what it would be to trade Swift for ETN plus, but I I'm going to take that so well, much more. Again, if ETN's going in the fifth round, we're talking about taking DeAndre Swift in the second round. Yeah, I mean that's you're getting a significant plus involved if you are. Mm-hmm. We actually have Andy, who just popped in here. Always love What's an Andy, Andy stops by. J Will is going after Swift. Would you be trading back to get J Will and move up in a different round? in your startup overtaking DeAndre Swift? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Younger, good player, pass catching, uh, as pass catching chops draft capital is good. It, it, I love him. I love him. Uh, I would definitely do that. Wait, are we Trading, talking about JMO or uh, J-Mo. Jamal J-Mo. Williams? Javante Williams. Come on now. Do you think there's J-Mo, so many J wills? There's okay, so many JMO. Or come on, no. <laughs> Stellar explanation on the PFF grade. Hey, that comes straight from Austin Gale. You can go and check that uh, at the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast uh, YouTube page. He's there. Swift's was below below average, so I can see PFF is decked for that. Austin's explanation makes perfect sense. Please invite him back. We are going to try. We uh, yeah. 
Austin Gale now with the ringer, I believe he's a very busy man, but we are definitely going to try to get him back. Um, You can find that show on the YouTube page. Definitely go back and check that one out. That was, that one was almost a two hour show, but it was no, see Austin Gale, or was which was two hours? Austin Gale okay. was forty-five minutes because that oh, man yeah. was so busy. He had meetings with Chris Collinsworth, and is just a, a, an unbelievable get. Shout out to Billy for getting Austin Gale on the show. But that's why we have the PFF grade here that we we love to bring it up, but we don't. It's the same thing. We asked Josh Larkey when he was working with Player Profiler about people who live and die by the bar graph. You shouldn't live and die by the bar graph because players who are three, four, five years in the league don't have the same athleticism as they once did that in the bar graph. Things do change. It's just, again, it's another data point, and we should be looking at fantasy football from a wide spectrum of possibilities. There are people that trust the film. There are people that trust their projections. People that only, as uh, Jacob might put, of the spreadsheet virgins. You've got, you've got, Right, you've got <laughs> so many great people with so many different um, opinions and ways of approaching fantasy that there's no right or wrong way. So on the walkabout here, we try to touch on mm-hmm. all of it, uh, especially for leagues that have been around for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, we're just out. talking processes. That's all it is. And Tom and I have very different processes. We've had very many heated oh. discussions inside our Discord channels. I cannot especially wait. with Judy and Sutton. Oh, I was gonna oh. I was just gonna say it. <laughs> I cannot wait to fight you on Jerry Judy and Corlin Sutton. Although mm-hmm. I will say a little bit of a win for Jerry Judy as I'm now preferring him over Cortland Sutton at ADP. So We'll take that for what it's worth. Shout out to Billy, as uh, NBA Rigged has said. Stellar mm-hmm. guests are hard to come by. We had a run there. Scott Barrett, Pat Dougherty, Austin Gale, Josh Larkey. We've had uh, been graced with the Podfather, uh, Drew of uh, Bulletproof, uh, Discord mm-hmm. fame. Just phenomenal. And then most um, recently, JJ Zacharyson. JJ Zacharyson. That show cow. was absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Uh Thomas and Lucas, you both rank uh, Aaron Jones over Swift and PPR this year at cost. At, at cost. cost. Everything I, is at cost. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to rank them, rank Aaron Jones above Swift. Like Especially this is a dynasty program as well. So you bake all that into it. But at cost, I would rather draft Aaron Jones way later and get an elite wide receiver where DeAndre Swift is being drafted than I would take Swift and then take a wide receiver in round five. Uh, I, I feel like the, the difference there is going to be different. Anything different from you before we talk a little bit more Detroit Lions? No, I mean, I came from a redraft standpoint before Dynasty, and I've been doing the mock drafts for a redraft, trying to get prepared to beat my family in their league, as I do most years. Uh, and oh, and so you have to pay for or, or late first, early second round capital get Swift, who is just in these this tier of running backs after Jonathan Taylor that's just gross, where you can't count on any of them to actually be an RB1 this year. And Aaron Jones, I feel like is the place that he's going to fall could be a lot higher than where uh DeAndre Swift, if everything goes wrong for Swift this year, where Swift would fall. So I'm going to take Aaron Jones in the fourth round over DeAndre Swift as an early first, late second. And as Pat Corain of a good football show over there on NBC Sports Edge likes to say, 
the dead zone starts at 101. So <laughs> after Jonathan Taylor, it's bleak, uh, to be honest. The NFL needs the class of 2023 running backs. So bad. I feel like in a in a really bad way um, going into next year. But with the Detroit Lions, there are a couple other players. Obviously, DeAndre Swift is the meat and potatoes, if you would. We're at an hour five. We're going to try to get through this thing um, before an so- hour and a half because some of our shows have just been going <laughs> so long lately. But... Obviously, we, we love and appreciate the the action in the chat, so keep that up. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to go. The Troy Lions targeted their wide receivers 312 times, good for 56.3%, and that was with a shoddy at best receiving core. However, Amon Ross St. Brown's late season push is something that it puts them in truly elite uh, categories where FF underscore RTDP, Jacob Sanderson, co-hosts the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast flagship show, uh, and bulletproof uh, superstar in the Discord uh, loves himself some Amon Ross St. Brown, buying him at 112, 111 prices, even. And though they did bring in some more weapons, him being established, I feel like really puts him in a good way with the way the slot receivers get used now in the NFL. I think he. He caught the game-winning touchdown pass, and I believe the T- Detroit Lions' first win. He's trusted. If you want to go down Narrative Street, there's that too. But oh, yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown, 425 snaps from the slot last year. That is insane, 77, percent and he was efficient. His fantasy points per game was 13.4. He played above expected, as expected was 11.9, an 80 PFF grade. As we just mentioned, it's good to note. Only seven deep targets, so you don't like that. 14 red zone targets. And again, a lot of this came later in the year. He totaled 912 yards. Uh, he was a phenomenal player for you when you got considering you got him super late in drafts. However, this year, his price has gone way up. Mm-hmm. Way up. However, when we're looking at 2022, which is what we're here to do, is Amon Ross St. Brown going to translate over into 2022? Is he going to be a 12 points per game wide receiver? A 13 point wide receiver? I don't see him hitting 14 points per game wide receiver. Where are you sitting with Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, mummy's alive himself, going into 2022? Uh, for you, Lucas, while I look up a couple of things here. <laughs> so I'm in Ross St. Brown. Everyone who had him on your rosters last year, you were winning fantasy championships because of yep. what he did he at the it. end of the season. Uh, he reminds me a lot of what David Montgomery did two years ago, where he was single-handedly winning you leagues because he had such an easy schedule and just tore it up. Unfortunately for Amon Ra, he also had a really easy schedule at the end of the year and absolutely tore it up. But for where he's going, I'm still buying, especially whenever players like, oh my gosh, why can't I? Chris Goblin, Chris Godwin, my bad. Chris Godwin's going ahead of him right now in every single format. I'm not buying that at all. And the thing is, is like Amon Ra, who's already younger, had a better production than uh Godwin did last year. In fact, it's eerily similar how the two players are used. And I'm going to take the younger player. Uh, who's not coming off a major injury to outproduce him. And while he is getting more target competition, those targets aren't coming from the slot. His biggest slot competition is DeAndre Swift, but that's not where Swift gets his targets. Swift gets them out of the backfield. Amin Ross should still be dominating the middle of the field, uh, even with Hawkinson getting healthy. But I'm going to take what Amin Ross was doing 
after or in the second half of the year winning you fantasy leagues. And I'm going to honor that by drafting him again this year. I think uh, NBA right here has a point. St. Brown is Goff's homie. I don't know if they're having breakfast together yet, but we would love to see that. <laughs> their, their rapport is off the charts. I agree. I agree with that. And his price isn't even that bad. He's being priced and drafted right now as the wide receiver 28. I think that is an absolute steal value. But let me switch the conversation to Amon Ross St. Brown because we're okay. in at his price right now. We believe in him as a player. We think he's for real. All right. Awesome. The best value on the Detroit Lions is, again, the quarterback. It's Jared Goff. You know me, okay? I will fade the Justin Fields in the second round, Trevor Lawrence second round. No, thank you. In Dynasty, if I don't get one of the top five quarterbacks, in my opinion, the Lamar Jackson, the Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allens, I will fade the quarterback position as long as I can. Uh, you got to have the stomach for it, and it's not for everyone. But you want a solid QB too? Look at Jared Goff. Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver 28 off the board. DJ Chark, wide receiver 54. That's going before Alan Lazard. Keep that in mind. I think that's insane, by the way. I don't yeah. know what people are doing, but that's insane. Stop doing that. <laughs> Jamison Williams, the 30th receiver off the board. We'll round it up. Mm-hmm. 31. And TJ Hawkinson, fifth tight end off the board. We obviously know that DeAndre Swift, he's being drafted as the second to third running back off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, where is he at? DeAndre Swift, 3.5. According to This is all according to Dynasty League Football. Fantastic site. Go check them out. Subscribe. Their tools, second to none. So why is Jared Goff the 33rd quarterback off the board? If we like all of the other options and he finishes the 22nd quarterback, I understand that taking a giant dump on Jared Goff is a, it's a fun thing to do to make the jokes. It, yeah, it is one mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal year with the Rams and in that offense. And I'm not expecting him to really do better than he did last year, but finishing exactly where he finished last year is within the realm of possibilities. And he's next to free. You can get him for a 211, a 301. Oh, that's all day. If you're drafting Ritter late second round of your rookie drafts and you've got your QB1 entrenched, you have a quarterback room that needs a guy like Jared Goff. And I think if this offense is expected to take a step forward and DeAndre Swift actually is supposed to be the running back one and we know he's going to do that off targets, well, Jared Goff benefits. If Amon Ra is the truth, then Jared Goff benefits. If TJ Hawkinson isn't just a uh, a target hog, right? If he's more than that, if he is an athletic next level superstar tight end, sure. Jared Goff Goff benefits. Jamison Williams, if he is the elite wide receiver that he was at Alabama, well, guess what? Jared Goff benefits. If DJ Chark returns to form at all when he was good with Gardner frickin' Minshew, then Jared Goff is going to benefit. It's going to help as head coach isn't calling him weak every time that he gets a chance to look at him. Yeah, well, there's that too. I don't even want to talk about um, uh, Urban Meyer. Absolutely brutal. But, I mean, it was was good for for a good time for us, for sure. (laughs) Jared Goff is the type of player that I want to have on my dynasty teams. And I understand he's on borrowed time. 
right? Mm-hmm. We know that they want to draft a quarterback at some point. They were linked to guys like Malik Willis. A lot of players were linked to guys like Malik Willis, and that didn't work mm-hmm. out. And as I mentioned, the 2023 quarterback class does not stand out to me. So if the Lions are actually committed to rebuilding the right way, they'll wait on quarterback. I think they should wait on quarterback. Jared Goff's got a contract that's not going anywhere. So he's definitely, in my opinion, a safe place. We have another question here from NBA Rig. What's Goff's ADP compared to Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Tua? Way, way after. Way lower. Mac, oh, my gosh. Oh, give me one second. We got some stuff going on here on my PC here. We're going to go Mac Jones. Mac mm-hmm. Mac Jones. Mac Attack. We're going to go Tua. Uh, last name I'm not going to try to enunciate because I'm going to butcher it. Uh, shout out to um, Andy Starr who nailed Holy those cow. enunciations. He's so good. Uh, on the Full Tilt Devi podcast, which will be this Thursday. Didn't have it last week. We're going to have it this week, every two weeks. But Justin Fields, QB 13. Mac Jones, QB 19. Tua. QB 17, Jared Goff, QB 33. <laughs> Replaceable quarterback value. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and list through all the quarterbacks that I love, but you're going to you're going to tell me that I can get Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff for free or reach on a guy like Mac Jones. Unbelievable. If we're expecting the Lions to take a step forward, which so far on this show anyway, in our process, we're counting on the Lions' pass-catching weapons to take a step forward, mm-hmm. then Jared Goff should be a serviceable QB2. You're probably going to hate it, and it's probably going to be gross, and it's probably going to be more benef- beneficial to just start a wide receiver. Sure, tight end premium, there are weeks where it might be more beneficial to start a tight end in your super flex spot. However, if you are somebody that loves quarterbacks in your super flex spot and you want them cheap and you're like me and you don't reach then jared goff should be a buy in my opinion jared goff is a buy at his price should be cheap nba rigged agrees love goff's 33 and he says justin fields 13 adp that's overvalued in my opinion i agree i do like the scrambling quarterbacks but i think justin fields hitting that level is going to be kind of it's a long shot. Um, yeah. Let's think of the last quarterback that was supporting this many options that people just hated. And that's Teddy Bridgewater on the Panthers. And I gotta say, Oh, that hurts me. Yeah, that it, it does it hurt, oh. but it's arguably that the weapons that golf has and the team that is around golf is so much better than what that Panthers team was. Like, I'm not going to say Swift was better than CMC. There's no way. But Amon Ra St. Brown, JMO, DJ Chark, that's at least comparable to DJ Moore. Uh, holy cow. Kerr Samuel and the guy who's about to retire right now, um, Robbie Anderson. Robbie I mean, Anderson. I don't, I'd want to yeah. retire too. Yeah. I'm, and the offensive line's better. It's hard to get a worse coach than what uh, Tay Bridgewater was going through. So Jared Goff, while he definitely is on borrowed time, you're yeah, you said you're training the 211 for him. Easy. Easy. Yeah. And you should. And Andy, I know. I know it's hard. It's still goth, though. I know. I, I get it. It's gross to say. But you're talking about the 33 QB off the board. That's round what 18, 19, 20. So I mean 17 if you really got to reach 16. That's so cheap in a dynasty startup. Mm-hmm. And it buys you time for next year. 
They're not going to put David Blau ahead of him to, to play unless there's like an injury and we don't predict for injuries here. We assume everyone's playing the full year because it is impossible to differentiate unless it's running backs. Because with running backs, there's no such thing as an injury prone running back. They're just running backs who play because they're all destined to get hurt. So keep that in mind. But if this offense is going to finally get out of the dungeon and actually progress and we love all of their fantasy options, like their ADPs are showing, then we should be showing a little bit more love to guys like Jared Goff. Um, Lucas, final thoughts for the Detroit Lions heading into 2022. We're almost at an hour and 20. we got to get the heck out of here. I mean, they do seem to be rebuilding it the right way. Uh, You can make arguments about uh, teams that are bad trading up to get more talent, but, I mean, it's hard to argue, uh, quote-unquote, buying low on Jamison Williams whenever they traded up to get him. Uh, who many people said if he didn't have the ACL tear would be the number one wide receiver drafted this year. I mean, for fantasy, they should be. I don't see any truly elite targets. Maybe DeAndre Swift, but that's him progressing a lot as a running back. But Amon Ross St. Brown's going to get you points. You're never going to take him out of your lineup. Same with TJ Hawkinson, who should, I'm sorry, <laughs> who should be a lot better this year, if not unspectacular. He's going to be just a solid uh option for you at tight end plus whenever jmo comes back dj chart can't get worse than he was last year it's impossible to only seven receptions although two of them were touchdowns so that's that's something to look forward to and i really look forward to them biting more kneecaps this year and seeing what this team can do (laughs) i'm really excited for once the detroit lions should be a team that you enjoy watching uh my final thoughts on this are if we're buying the Detroit Lions options, other than Jared Goff, we should be kind of buying into Jared Goff as well. My other one is that I believe Amon Ross St. Brown is a truth. The finish to his year was truly at an elite level. Sixth, wide receiver six, wide receiver 27, number six, number six, number two, and number 10. Now, that's based league. on a lot of targets. But that's if that's his ceiling, that's league-winning ceiling going where he's going in drafts right now, I believe, which was the wide receiver 28. I think yeah. Armand Ross St. Brown is the truth. I think JMO is the truth. I think this offense is the truth. I'm buying every weapon except for DeAndre Swift. And I just want to, again, point this out. It is not that I think DeAndre Swift is a bad player. I think that what DeAndre Swift needs for him to finish as the running back one this year is outside of his range of possibilities. He mm. needs the touches on the ground. He needs that 90 target, 100 target on this team and with the weapons getting better around him, I don't necessarily see that being a thing. I also have questions about his health at his position. Top 10 running back season for DeAndre Swift. Absolutely. I'm not buying that as a second or third running back off of the board. I'd much rather have players like Javante Williams, or I would wait for guys like Travis Etienne and Aaron Jones. So if you're buying DeAndre Swift, it better be on the backs of you believing that he will be the number one running back this year in fantasy. Otherwise, you're looking at a soon-to-be 25-year-old running back at the end of next year needing a second contract. It's going to be rough sledding after this, and if he does disappoint at all, I think you're in trouble as the DeAndre Swift manager. So yep. keep that in mind while you're drafting DeAndre Swift uh, that early in the second round. Lucas, no Tom Lee here today. Yeah. So... 
no Aussie slang, but don't worry. We are not here to fuck spiders. We are here <laughs> to do what's needed to be done before we have a couple bevies and need to take the foot falcon home. We need an American slang and we need a Canadian slang. Given that I am here in, in the great white north in the middle of nowhere in Canada and you, sir, are there in the States, give us an American slang and I'll give us a Canadian slang in honor of Tom Lee. Now, I don't know how much of a slang this actually is, but the running joke in my family growing up was bless your little heart. And you can say anything you want to to somebody as long as you say bless your little heart after it. Oh, <laughs> that's the no offense. Uh... Yes, but it's so much sweeter, especially whenever you have like a 75 year old woman looking at you and like, oh, you're so dumb. Bless your little heart. It makes you feel something after it. You're like, you know what? I might be dumb, but thank you. It's it's almost like uh, getting patted on the head and uh, exactly. being told to sit in the corner at the same time. I get that. Before I give our Canadian slang. We have Swift or Javante Williams ranking versus at cost. I want Javante Williams at both. Yep. Uh, I, I I want Javante Williams over DeAndre Swift at cost. I want Javante Williams over DeAndre Swift in ranking as well. I love Javante Williams. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to hide that. And people might say that the re-signing of Melvin Gordon is just catastrophically bad for uh, Javante. I don't think it is. If you were uh, if you have a player that you think is going to take the next step, um, I don't think that an aging running back getting a four-year, uh, $4 million one-year contract is going to disrupt that. Shout out to Canada. I'm so pissed that Edmonton nor Toronto made it to the Stanley Cup. I was rooting for both of them. <sighs> right there. Your bleep button. I was too. I was hoping too. That's my signed Austin, uh, Austin Matthews uh, jersey back. And that mother Gary Bettman Oh, that son of a I that he's going to make it so there's no Canadian team to ever win a Stanley Cup again. I hate that guy and we need him out. Uh, and Edmonton getting swept in this in in the next round was just uh, uh just like a just a cherry on top because they got absolutely um hosed. Uh, I'm on Swift down on Javante in redraft. That's fair, but I think getting Russell Wilson on that team in Denver is going to take it to the next level. Look, the Canadian slang is uh, the long neck chicken. Uh, so a long neck chicken, a long neck fighting chicken is a goose. Is what we refer to geese here. <laughs> they are evil. They are assholes, every single one of them. They're so bad in Canada that you can go to walk into a store. If a goose is sitting down on the grass, stores will let you in the back door. They will take you in the receiving door sometimes oh because they know that they will attack you uh, just for walking by. They are absolutely brutal. I'll give you one more and it's hoser. So hoser is an old school Canadian slang for someone who's just being kind of a jackass. Get out of here. You hoser. Uh, we don't say a boot. We do say about, uh, just to, to clarify some of those, and we don't all live in igloos. I'd have a really nice-looking igloo here, though. Uh, the two hockey teams were stellar. I love them. Yeah, they were they were phenomenal all year. Look, Lucas, final thoughts before we get out of here today. 
I mean, hey, I'm happy to be back on here again. Uh, it seems odd. I've got to be on uh, the podcast two weekends in a row now, uh, getting to talk about the NFC North, which has just been it's been interesting. Went through two really ugly wide receiver rooms. Uh, then we got to talk about arguably my favorite player in the league right now and Justin Jefferson. And now we get to finish with the Detroit Lions and talk about DeAndre Swift for what feels like a long time. And hopefully now people will be coming uh, to buy my DeAndre Swift shares from me. So I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. The old, the old pump and dump. The old pump exactly. and dump. We exactly. love that. Andy, another great show. I hope Lucas is here to stay. I'm going to go going to go sub love it we appreciate y'all too definitely um lucas is here to say the full tilt dynasty podcast triple play uh fantasy walkabout is moving to a three-person uh uh, broadcast chair i guess uh once tom lee is back next week it should be all three of us uh lucas has been fantastic my final thoughts are always this i love and appreciate every single one of you that have come by and you have subbed we are growing our discord channel is free you can find it in my profile you can find it in the link tree you can also find it at our patreon come and hop in let's talk some football you had access to all of us in season it's just going to be absolutely off the chain uh one more question Ray, we love you man where do you guys rank nfc north in the final stands detroit uh, I'm going to guess that's Green Bay, uh, Minnesota, Chicago. Well, it's Minnesota, Green Bay, uh, Detroit, Chicago for me. Um, Lucas? It's it's hard to go against Green Bay because last year I didn't think they would do it, but they still somehow always do, and they have the best quarterback uh, in the division. So I'm going Green Bay, Minnesota. They will actually sneak into the playoffs this year, but Minnesota – Detroit, then Chicago. Chicago going for the first overall pick this year. That's a cop-out. Fuck Green Bay. Sorry, Billy. Look, (laughs) you can join us on Tuesday. We have Pat Dougherty of NBC Sports Edge coming back for his second show with us. New friend of the show. Absolutely love Pat Dougherty. June 28th. You're not going to want to miss that. We have the Debbie podcast on Thursday with myself and Andy Starr. We're right back here for the Fantasy Walkabout on Saturday. The YouTube's popping off 12 to 15 videos a week. You got to love that. Uh, Look, Discord channel again. We're we're small now, but we're gonna grow, and it's gonna be absolutely bananas in season. Come and tilt with us, everyone. Remember, mm-hmm. it's Father's Day. Say hi to your fathers. Check in on them if you got them. If you don't, need someone to talk to. You can hit me up in the DMs. We're always there for you. Us us, uh, us orphans got to stick together. Remember, be kind to one another on the internet. Do not be a giant piece of shit. Check in on your loved ones. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose in your best days. Well, goddamn, they're always been tilted. Good night, everybody. Enjoy your Sunday. Ciao. We hope you enjoyed the show. There's a lot more over at the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast over there on the YouTube. You can also go and check out the True North Fantasy Football Network. Links are above us. You can head over to Triple Play Fantasy, get some more Full Tilt Dynasty podcast content. You can also, again, go to the Discord. Remember to sign up with Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code Full Tilt. Get yourself in the game. Don't miss out. Have a safe weekend, everyone. Till next time.